Hello everyone, welcome to Expansion Cast. Roger Metz here, your host. Today I have a very special guest who comes by way of intuition. In my third eye, I had a vision of a green van and occasionally in the town I would see this green van drive by and I thought, how interesting, and my attention has been really pulled towards it. And I decided to go for a walk one day and I was on my way to the river bottom here. We have several different locations to go for walks and hikes. And um, I felt like I was going to the wrong one. And I tuned in and I thought, you know, I got to go to this other place to go for a walk. I went down there, started a walk. I got a phone call from a friend who was going to join me. And I, so I walked back to my car to wait for the friend. And lo and behold, there's this green van. So I decide, well, I have to approach this fellow and talk to him and see who he is. So I did that. And I, I met a very interesting person. And I, don't, I didn't really want to go into too much detail with this gentleman because I just knew right away intuitively that he was going to be a guest on the podcast. So I would like to welcome Frankie G., here in Lethbridge, and uh, he's been a truck driver and equipment operator most of his life. And today, I think we're going to start the podcast talking about his transformation from that story. So welcome, Frankie. Okay, how's it going? Good awesome, to you. awesome, yeah. How are you doing? Uh, this very moment to do, doing quite well, doing quite well. I had a Awesome weekend of relaxing with friends and yeah, it was nice, quite nice. nice. Yeah, nice. So, yeah. so can you tell me? I didn't ask too much about who you were or anything. No, but who are you? Um, geez, who am I? Uh, Frankie G, which is kind of a stage name, I guess, uh, for my music and that. But uh, I've been a traveler for most of my life. That's why I got into truck driving. That's the main reason why I got into it anyways. Yeah. Um, uh, from, uh, from Ontario, don't hold that against me. <laughs> I left there for good reasons. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, truck driver, heavy equipment operator for oh, pretty close to 40 years. Yeah, I yeah. started my career as a courier in Toronto, which <laughs> was quite interesting. So. Yeah. Any cool stories from being a courier in Toronto? Uh, other than uh, nasty traffic and uh, nasty weather, no, <laughs> nothing really. It, uh, uh, it was just uh, uh, when I started out, I was uh, hauling uh, bank bags, believe it or not, uh, from the airport to all the banks downtown, big centers, and that. And then that uh, being a courier slowly progressed into being a truck driver, which I got my license out in Vancouver. So you've been around Canada. Mm, yeah, I've pretty much seen everything from uh, East Coast to West Coast, yeah. 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 Um, not too much going way north in the Northwest Territories or anything like that, but uh, all of the U.S. Uh, did long haul for quite some time. Right, right. So I get this image of you journeying all across the, the continent, or across Canada anyway, uh, as a driver or in different kind of yeah. locations around truck driving and equipment yeah. operating. Yeah. And what was what was your story? Like who who did you call yourself? Like what was your 
this envelope of Frankie G? Like, why were you doing this? I think it would stem probably back to when I was just a kid. I've always liked, I've always liked travel. Um, my parents, uh, when they weren't working, we'd, uh, we'd go for drives in the car, that kind of thing. Uh, um, when I was young and first learned how to ride tricycle, it was quite the nightmare for my older sister because she's the one that had to chase after me down the highway. We lived out, uh, uh, out in the countryside on a farm and uh, my favorite thing was to go take a drive down the highway on my tricycle. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of been, yeah, it's, it's, it's been that, that way pretty much all my life. So it feels like your child. path. It was just a natural yeah. space for you to be in? Yeah, it did. So just to naturally get into driving or uh, um, running heavy equipment, stuff like that, uh, for me was like being a kid in a sandbox. Mm -hmm. right? Only this is a really big sandbox with some really big toys. So, And that's literally the reason why I got into it because I just love doing that kind of stuff. So you're following your love and your passions. And from our conversation, I felt like there's, there's been some transition in your life. Oh, big time. Yeah. And what is that? Like, what, where'd that come from? The transition came from uh, health problems. Mm -hmm. Mostly uh, 40 years of driving truck. The uh, stress level, I guess, would be a good way to put it. Mm -hmm. um, people think that, uh, you know, you sit in the seat behind a steering wheel and just push a steering wheel all day. Well, yes, there are truck drivers like that out there, but uh, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't me. You know, I got right into every last little, little detail of it. But the problem was my concentration for proper health <laughs> kind of went by the wayside, especially when I started driving a highway tractor. And it just led to some uh, some health issues from diabetes to heart attack to uh, eventually what took me out is uh, is my back completely deteriorated in the lower back so and that's that's what brought that part of my life pretty much to an end right right you know sitting walking doing things uh, this past winter was pretty brutal life I think I spent about a month and a half, pretty much bedridden because I couldn't uh, couldn't do anything. It was twenty four seven uh, pain. So, and that's that's what stopped that part of my life. Well, and what kind of feelings came up with having to stop that part of your life? It was nasty. It's something I'm I was used to doing, you know, for quite uh, quite some time. Um, I, it's still uh, it's been what since uh, the beginning of January. Um, it's still something that I can't get used to on, you know, uh, on disability now because I can only, I can only function for about a half an hour if I'm driving, uh, doing work or anything like that, uh, mm -hmm. about a half an hour and then I'm, I gotta take a break. So uh, yeah, that pretty much ended any career, you know, running heavy equipment or or uh, driving truck because it's just uh, so painful, right? So any regrets? Hmm. You know what? Um, I really don't. I really don't uh, have any regrets of anything because it's all been a it's all been a life experience, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the travel, <laughs> getting to see new places, and that. Um, I might regret the fact that I probably didn't take better care of myself. 
That's obviously what led to all the uh, the health issues, right? Um, but other than that, no, no regrets. No. Well, you're looking no. pretty healthy. I'm feeling really good lately because I've, uh, I guess because of what happened over the winter time, which was... Uh, Let's talk about that, yeah. What happened? Yeah, <laughs> okay. Uh, winter time, let's see. Uh, last year, I had slipped on the ice. Uh, I never had any real back issues. I knew it wasn't in healthy shape because of what I was doing, but I ended up slipping on ice. And I landed on my back, and that wasn't really the bad part. The bad part was that at that time I was wearing suspenders, and the class drove right into my back. So that literally was the, uh, the nail in my career coffin. Mm-hmm. That, that pretty much put an end to it. I spent last summer um, trying to recuperate from that. And uh, it seemed like it was working well, so I went back part-time driving the truck. And it was within six weeks' time I was back to, you know, not being able to do anything. And it got, like I said, it got severe enough that um, uh, at one point uh, through the wintertime, I had four hospital trips (laughs) to try to figure out, you know, what to do to try to alleviate some of the pain because they had me on some really nasty painkillers that just weren't working and uh, led to depression, counseling, a fair bit of counseling because it was uh, it was a case of uh, I didn't see any reason for being here anymore mm-hmm. right so and, so what was the transformation that brought you out from there from that dark space? Well, I wouldn't say attempting suicide, but um, a lot of, uh, that's where the mindset was that if this is going to continue, I cannot, uh, I cannot deal with this anymore. Like when you say deal with this, deal with living. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, uh, quality of life was totally gone. I'd get out of bed, I'd just go to the kitchen to make a coffee and I could barely, barely walk. Uh, the only relief I had was when I took the pressure off my uh, spine, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it eventually led to some different, we were trying different uh, medications and that, and it finally led to something that seemed to help my back quite a bit, which was uh, like a muscle relaxant. Like I said, I spent about a month and a half where I was literally bedridden. Mm-hmm. And that, when you're in that kind of pain, it's... it's uh, it's amazing how much you can put up with, but it does come to a point, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, um, yeah, with the counseling and that, um, I managed to work my way through it. And, uh, well, even to this day, I don't have the depression or anything like that because everything has pretty much fallen into place. Last year, I lost everything, right, because... Uh, uh, medical expenses and just uh, not being able to work uh, to this year of uh, being supported you know with a disability and now I can concentrate on getting myself in better health mm-hmm. uh, and uh, a lot of it has to do with just being away from that other lifestyle right <clears throat> so would you say you've had any kind of transformation the transformation 
I guess if there is anything, it feels <clears throat> like I've transformed back into, or starting to, on the journey back to the person that I was before, you know, before I, <laughs> before I grew up. Yeah, I guess, uh, uh, like when my younger days, you know, before I uh, had a whole lot of stress and, and negativity constantly happen. And, uh, yeah, um, mm -hmm. it so does seem like a transformation back to being a calmer person. To your youthful state, your mindful state. Yes, mindfulness. And that, and that right there, uh, mindfulness uh, is a very major part of uh, what I went through. Is a mindfulness just to stay in the moment. Don't worry about what's in the past because that's that's finished. That's all done. Mm -hmm. uh, what's in the future? Now eh, we'll see, right? But we don't worry about future or the past. I try to stay in the moment as much as I can. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you do worry a little bit about future and past or something, or but for the most part, you're really trying to stay focused in the center. I did, yeah. Um, Right now, uh, because everything seems to have fallen into place, and now I can, there's the stress in there anymore, right? Worrying about how I'm going to pay my bills or, you know, where the rent money was going to come from, stuff like that. And, uh, um, yeah, uh, right now the stress level is quite low because everything is in place. Right? Mm -hmm. So I can concentrate on the now. And uh, I've been having a pretty good uh, last couple of months. It's been great. Nice. It's been really great. You know, still have issues with uh, with my back, of course. That's not going to go away. Uh, even if they operate on it, there's a good chance that it's not going to get rid of all the pain, right? Do you believe in destiny or do you believe in, like, a higher power, like, trying to assist you? Do you believe in, believe in flow and all this good stuff? And again, a lot, a lot of it has to do with the person themselves and trying to find what works for you. Um, what works for you? Oh, wow. I'm not a religious person by mm -hmm. any means, uh, at least not man's religion. Uh, higher power? I don't know. My higher power... I always thought of as karma, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> right? There's a there's a really there's a really wicked higher power right there, but um, a higher power I don't know. I think a lot of it has to do with the person themselves, how they feel inside, right? Right? Uh, um, um, I don't have anything against religion or anything like that. Uh, um, uh, you know, people if that's what people, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, people use certain things like uh, a religion or whatever to help themselves to deal with life issues, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, myself, I just kind of full bore into it and see what happens, you know, and hope for the best. Yeah. But the biggest thing was changing my attitude. And that was hard. So what was your attitude like and where was that shift? Because you must have had a paradigm shift of some someplace that something cracked open that showed you to change your attitude. What was that yeah, moment? Yeah. Um, what, uh, I think where part of the shift started was when I was still driving the truck. And my attitude was so negative 
that um, at one point in a little town west of here, somebody did something in their vehicle that didn't please me at all. What was it? Can you, can you share? Yeah, they pulled out in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. Like most people do with trucks, they pull out in front. Uh, uh, um, and on the stretch of highway, there was a point where I could, you know, go past and just kind of carry on the speed that I was going, which was about 102 kilometer an hour. And uh, as I got to that part, um, this person decided to speed up so I couldn't pass. And trucks being regulated sometimes, um, that's an issue because you're, you can only go so fast, right? So if somebody does that and then they get in front of you, they slow down again and you're going slower than what you, right? And so pushing your buttons. Oh, big time. He, <laughs> uh, I don't know. That day was not a very good day to begin with. I can't remember. There was uh, some things going on. It had to do with customs. Uh, there was issues with loading and unloading. And so by the time I got to that part of the evening, uh, yeah, I was in a kind of a cranky mode. You're already tied into that story of, of yes, of the negative, negativity, negativity, big yeah. time, right? And negativity is something that man naturally gets into, for whatever reason. Uh, and yeah, I went after the guy. I caught up to him in town. I uh, I didn't cut him off, but I caught up to him at a light and I I. Uh, pulled the brakes, parking brakes on, and I was still, I was jumping out of the truck while the truck was still moving, I was gonna go get him. And he took off on me. And 15 minutes down the road, that's when it hit me that I thought, this is stupid, I gotta, I can't do this, mm -hmm. this is wrong, you know. Uh, that's not me as a professional driver. You know, I might get upset and, you know, I do the monologue behind the windshield thing that nobody ever hears, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but, uh, um, um, yeah, it's that was just so wrong in my mind. And I thought, well, something has to change. And that was, what, two years ago? Yeah, two and a half years ago, give or take. But I never really did the change until my health finally said, okay, we've had enough. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was like your negativity started to, like, was, was trying to grab your attention from pushing your buttons and you were just like, no, I'm just going to stay negative for a while and all of a sudden then your body's like, uh-uh, that's right. I'm going to take over, I'm going to really show you. And that was scary. Yeah. Because I honestly had, I honestly had no, it felt like I had no control over that yeah. at all. Uh, um, just... No matter how hard I tried, I could not just let it go, you know, and that's just, uh, that's a really bad attitude to have, especially when you're driving 138,000 pounds of equipment down the road, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, and uh, like I said, that scared me because that's, you know, yeah, I'm like every other truck driver that, uh, you know, he's spouting off behind the windshield, but uh, otherwise it's, you know, pretty close to the speed limit, behave yourself, don't. Right, mm -hmm. people can get killed easily. You know, I drove. I know a lot of people don't know, but I drove truck for a year. Mm -hmm. My dad used to own trucks, so I drove semi, mm -hmm. owned a Super B for a year. Right. So I get the frustrations, and I get what it's like to be out there pulling that thing up and down the highway, right. and people pull them in front of the trucks because they really don't understand the consequence and the and the braking. They have no clue. 
the braking of older trucks. I, I, I realize that newer trucks brake way better, but That's some true. of the older trucks, they do not brake. Not as well, no. No, and it takes just about all you have to slow down enough not to hit the car. Especially, like you say, you're hauling Super Bs, which is uh, pretty much two of the largest trailers you can get before having to get a permit to mm -hmm. carry anything bigger. Yeah. And uh, depending on uh, where you are, that's, you know, that's like 138,000 pounds of rolling steel that is, even with all those brakes, it's not going to stop that fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting how we can tie into the drama of it, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, of the person pulling out in front of us and, and pull up, it's just this rage inside of us. Yeah, it's like, and, how stupid are you? And, and <laughs> yeah, but this, this rage, where, where's its roots? It's rooted in, you don't want to hurt somebody, right? No. You no. don't want to hurt that one that person, so that's where the rage comes out. But it's funny how, it, how it's rage instead of... Um, Compassion. Yeah. And I, and I think and it that's elevates. A, that's the transition you made was was moving through that rage for so many years and then and moving and letting it go and coming into a, a compassionate type of living. Would you say I'm right? Pretty much, yeah. Learning how to uh, just learning how to relax and, and just calm down and okay, things are going to happen this way. So be it, right? You mm -hmm. know, uh, and when you, it's really hard to go from that kind of negative negativity for, uh, well, you know, it started back in 77 when I started as a courier, right? Before I even got involved in trucks. But uh, um, yeah, with all that negativity, it's really hard to think positive. Mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> and a lot of people out there, now that I'm more into the positive, I still rant and rave, you know. I'm one of those, if I can push a button, I will. Because I remember you people before. <laughs> so I'm going to push your button now, you know, because I just really don't care anymore. It's, it's gotten that point where the positivity was uh, something to, really difficult to get used to doing constantly. Mm -hmm. Mindfulness helps with that. So did you do meditations or what's your practice? My biggest meditation was uh, at nighttime uh, when I go to bed to try to sleep. Um, sometimes it was just a case of sitting in a quiet area and just uh, just trying to think of absolutely nothing. Other times it was uh, a YouTube video. Of a, there was a, a certain lady who did uh, Help to help you sleep videos, mm -hmm. uh, along with uh, certain kinds of music and stuff like that. Right. So that would help to just relax me, put me in a calmer frame of mind, and uh, would help me sleep. You know that kind of a thing. Um, and it's yeah. I mean, before it was uh, my only form of meditation was counting to ten. <laughs> if somebody made me angry, right? Yeah. Uh, the counting to 10 routine ended up to counting to 20 to <laughs> counting does absolutely no good because I'm just so far into that negativity. Into the rage. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's amazing. Uh, uh, I see it every day. People, you know, they're walking along. You can tell that their mind is just full of past and future junk that just shouldn't be there because it's ruining their lives, right? Why do, why do you think people tune into that? 
Why do, why do you think they're such a... They're, they're pulling themselves so far away from being present with themselves. Is it a dislike or what is it? They're uncomfortable. They're just not... It can be a dislike. Yeah. You know, because uh, I'm sure there's lots of people out there that are working jobs that they, they hate. Uh, they're doing things they hate. Uh, maybe they got to go to the dentist that day or it could be... It could literally be just about anything. Mm -hmm. But they have this tunnel vision kind of a look on their face, right? And they're just walking head down, butt up, right? And just... Miserable? Very. Mm -hmm. And you can see it on their faces, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you can get their attention and just smile a little and, you know, say hi mm -hmm. as you're walking past. Hey, how you doing? That right there helps to change their mood a little bit, right? Yeah. But that's also helping me. Yeah. Because that helps me to change my mood as well. If I'm not feeling 100%, then uh, I try to find what will make me feel that way. Right. And sometimes it's just a matter of, uh, um, like last week, uh, sitting having coffee, and I was just, I was in a bad mood. Uh, and uh, somebody said, geez, you're... Being awful negative today, and I says, "Yeah, you know what? You're right. I don't even belong here. I shouldn't be here." So I just hopped in my uh, my green van, yeah. and off I went. I uh, <clears throat> went to the uh, St. Mary's uh, Canal System and uh, drove down there for a little ways, and then just stopped and just watched the water flow by. And that's kind of part of mindfulness as well, is that you take the mindfulness and you. Something you're thinking of, okay? Something negative that you're thinking of. Pretend that it's on a boat, okay? Mm -hmm. A little sailboat or whatever coming down the water and that negativity is reaching you. You deal with it at that moment and then it goes down the river, never to be seen again. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how... Uh, that's what helped me to get more into a positive uh, way of thinking and uh, I know I keep repeating mindfulness but I think that's a really important thing mm -hmm. for uh, people to know about you know just to take that take that 15 minute break and just go sit back cross your arms and just go I don't care and just just to you know let everything settle down level out yeah and then mm -hmm. carry on but it's not an easy battle. That's I can tell you that right now. If uh, you think it's going to be an overnight thing, forget it. It's not. Because you literally have to train yourself to constantly think positive, to get away from that negativity. But once you get to a certain point, all of a sudden you find yourself being more positive about things and less negative. Mm -hmm. and, and once you get to that point, it just slowly transforms into where, you know, yeah, sure, everybody still gets angry once in a while or whatever, holler out the window at somebody who did something stupid. <laughs> I still are doing that. It's terrible. But uh, I'm always laughing afterwards because it's just like my my anger is almost a joke to me. It's like, mm -hmm. Get mm -hmm. a grip. Somewhat more awareness around it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, more awareness around it. Yeah. So yeah, and I'm hoping that all this will make it even more positive. With any luck.
So where do you, or have you ever experienced since moving into this space of presence, have you ever experienced um, a state of blissfulness, like euphoric state of that you're so grateful to be alive? Yes. Something like that. Yes, I have. Um, and that usually comes with being out in nature, mm-hmm. right? Uh, going into the foothills of Alberta or whatever, standing by the lake and staring at the mountains. And it's a nice day, a little bit cloudy, but it's not too hot, not too cold. And uh, not too windy. That's a big thing here in Alberta, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no wind. And it's just like, oh, this feels so good. And it's one of those, uh, you know, I'm barefoot, uh, trying to ground myself to Mother Earth, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and just, yeah, that's where the blissfulness comes in. Yeah. That's where... So what's the emotion that comes with that blissfulness? Happiness. Just knowing that uh, I can enjoy something like that. Yeah, yeah sure, maybe the next day something else is going to go on that I'm not going to be too happy about. But at that moment, that's all that matters because I'm standing there and I'm just... You're just... Soaking it all in. You're so in that moment. Does it bring tears to your eyes? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you just feel so damn good that... Uh, you just feel so good that... Uh, Who does? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, I end up feeling just so much better that way. Um, um, just being able to do that, knowing that I've had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Or some people don't. <clears throat> right? I've... I've uh, well... Let's take in the last week, I lost uh, three friends, uh, two to cancer, no, one to cancer, one to, um, I think it was an accident of some kind, and the third one did the um, doctor-assisted suicide. How does, how does that work with you? Because, I mean, you're at a different point in your life now, are you, are you finding yourself joyful about it or are you finding like wonderful memories with these people or are you in a do you bounce in and out of a like a a negative pattern i don't know if it's so much a negative pattern um like the one uh, friend um she did the assisted right Mm -hmm. and uh, because she had been in so much pain in that for the last several years but uh when you know the moment finally came um, it was like well at least she's at peace now she doesn't have the pain and I just think of uh, the good things that uh, I remember her Mm -hmm. and she was uh, one of my sister's friends back in in Vancouver and uh, she was very tough she was uh, I wouldn't say a street person tough but she was very tough and to think that someone who's like that would choose that, that must have been a lot of pain. But it was that or, you know, just slowly degrading. So yeah, losing three friends, that was, that was, that was tough in one week's time. But it's, uh, I just think of the good times that I had with them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one fellow, for instance, Sonny, back in uh, Kingston, Ontario, where I used to live, passed away from cancer. He used to have a, uh, 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 an acreage where he had a house and he had a barn and the barn was 
the bottom part was set up as a uh, motorcycle shop. The upper part was set up as a bar. We had uh, several acres of tree land and mm -hmm. just a great place to hang out. And that's what I remember from him. You know, uh, same with uh, um, the other two people. I just try to think of, you know, good times I had. Makes me appreciate the fact I was still here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How old are you? I'm 60. Be 61 in November. So I want to know, I want to talk about self-love. Are you, you okay with that? Sure. How do you feel about yourself? Uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's an old you and mm -hmm. a new you. There's a paradigm shift in there. How do yeah. you feel about your old you? You know, he wasn't a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> but he's gone or is he still here oh there's still lots of him here yeah. because uh, uh, I like to think that I haven't lost my uh, my sense of humor or anything like that it's still there mm -hmm. you know um, the old me yeah I'm kind of glad the uh, negativity part is gone of course yeah, yeah. so uh, like I said it's kind of the transition is back to the person that I used to be when I was younger, right? So, what about the love? You got some love for that old guy? Yeah. Yeah. Because he, he was, uh, that person was, uh, well, he was a hard worker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, when you're talking about trucking and, uh, and uh, heavy equipment, you're looking at spending usually 12 hours plus a day at work. Uh, so far as, um, you know, sense of humor, still had that, that's good. I love my music, I play music, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's part of the old guy that, uh, that's some of the good parts. Any judgments? Judgments? No, nothing that, can, nothing that comes to my mind right off the bat. Right. Um, judgments as in... Like shame or anything? Around the anger or whatever? Disappointed that uh, that, uh, that that happened. That I let it happen, but it's so easy for that something like that to happen. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like I said, just look at a lot of there people no out there to this day. Yeah. They don't realize that they've gotten into this negative attitude and it's a 24-7 thing now, right? They yeah. go to work, they come home from work, they eat their supper, they watch TV, they go to bed day after day. Was that you? Yeah, I didn't really have a lot of time for TV, but... Uh, but you had, still had a, a schedule. Mm -hmm. Oh, where yeah. Where you lived, lived a belief system and a story that was very yeah. structured, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, um, so far as uh, keeping appointments delivery times and stuff like that or yeah. this has to be moved here you know like I always wanted to make sure that it was done in time or at least a half an hour before mm -hmm. it was due to be done right so, right. so you kind of give up your your identity for the identity of that that role that you played that's right yeah 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 role that I played yeah yeah exactly as a professional driver yeah 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 so where were you all those years yeah, just kind of in the background, show up every once in a while. 
<laughs> when I, uh, and usually that happened when I wasn't working, like uh, say winter layoffs. Yeah. Right. Uh, there'd be a few months there where I could do whatever and where I could kind of uh, regroup. I guess you could say, charge the batteries, whatever, and then get back into it again. So, who are you now, as to back then? I'm still Frankie G. <laughs> yeah. I just now I am more of a positive. So what's your identity though? My identity? Well right now, uh it identity. Uh a musician and a traveler. That's my identity. So you told me something pretty interesting that you're you just started out doing. That's di that's way different than what you used to do. In in one respect it is. Right. You're talking about my YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, traveling French or am I allowed to plug it? Yes, go ahead. Okay. The traveling French show slash van life. Right. And uh, it has to do with travel, which I used to do with a truck. Yeah. But now I'm doing traveling on my terms, right. which is so much better because I don't have to be anywhere at any certain time. Um, uh, I'm the guy that lives in a van down by the river. I don't have, I have a permanent mailing address. I have a permanent uh, uh, physical address that, uh, but most of my time is spent uh, in the green van. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called the green turd. <laughs> and, an and, you're, and you're traveling around mm -hmm. and you're going to be doing, what kind of videos can you, or you've already done some? I yeah, know. I have. I've done, uh, I think I've got about 14 or 15 videos up now. And I am just in the learning process trying to figure it all out. You feel calling to do it? You know what? That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Because the idea is it's a traveling show slash van life, right? It's living in a van and doing traveling. So what I... Uh, I've done so far, I've gone out to Vancouver Island from Lethbridge, Alberta, and I went to the furthest northwest you can go by road, which is a little town called Winter Harbor. And the idea was it was the official jump off for my uh, Cross Canada tour. Right. Right, because, um, you know, I was going to do a Cross Canada tour and all the little towns in between. Not worried about the big cities because everybody does the big cities kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. But my idea is going towards the smaller towns that have their little quirkiness, uh, whatever might be their, their thing. Uh, like the little town of Woz, W-O-S-S, -S, on Vancouver Island, was a major lumber town, right? Mm -hmm. And they had the, one of the steam engines, steam locomotives, uh, that had been used on that uh, now long forgotten railway line in, on Vancouver Island, right? And they have their little quirkiness like that. Or uh, Campbell River. Oh my God, if you want a place to go in the summertime, Campbell River. Those people know how to throw a weekend. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Campbell River is just a beautiful town on the island. Mm -hmm. And uh, the attitude there, there were, they were very friendly people. Like I could approach them with the camera and say, do you mind if I, oh no, you know, good to see me. It was very positive. Hmm. So the idea of the traveling show is to go through these different towns 
or parks or uh, something of interest like museums or yeah. anything like that. Illuminate their personalities. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of people out there that can't or don't travel, right? right. And uh, like myself, uh, for when I'm not traveling, I'll, that's what I'll watch is I'll watch uh, traveling shows. Usually somebody who's doing it in an RV or a van or whatever, right, showing different places. And a lot of people like that because they get to see places that they probably will never go to, right? Like mm -hmm. Winter Harbor, B.C. <laughs> That's uh, about three and a half hours of logging road from uh, Port Hardy. And uh, it's, uh, it's a slow trip, but it's an absolutely beautiful trip, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's what I'm. That's what I try to capture is uh, is Good. that so, kind of thing. So, so, so the calling. Where did you tune into that? Where did it come from? Where or when? Like where? How? How did it tune in? How did you tune into that? I think I've always been tuned into that. Like right from a kid, from riding my tricycle down the highway, to uh, uh, there was an old uh, John Deere uh, dealership. Uh, right next to us, and I'd hop the fence, and I'd go sit in this little abandoned uh, old pickup truck and pretend I was driving down the road seeing new places. Mm -hmm. So it's always been there. But this calling. Okay, so we have you two. I have an idea. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it just seemed, I thought, yeah, I kind of would really like to do that. I get to travel show people uh, 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 you know places in Canada so is there a feeling involved in that yeah is there a freedomness or something to no, it? total freedom yeah oh yeah because uh, I'm not on a schedule right uh, the only schedule I have is when uh, my bandmates here in Lethbridge decide to uh, scare up a, a gig or two and then I you know pretty much gotta hang around here in Lethbridge mm -hmm. And uh, that's something uh, as well that was that was uh, impacted big time with my back problems. Right um, to stand up on stage was impossible. Um, this coming Saturday is going to be the first time I'm going to attempt an entire gig, and uh, I'm going to see how that works. Hopefully, it won't be too bad, but that's one of those things that's worth it. Right, being on stage and entertaining. Well, we're at the end of our show, and I really want to thank you for stopping yeah. in yeah. and following your path. And, and yeah, yeah. What it, however that's going to take you, I'm interested to watch and see what's happening in the future for you. Yeah, that's yeah. cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm glad we got together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was cool to meet you. Yeah. And I hope everybody out there has got something from this podcast. For me, it feels like uh, talking to somebody who, who, who was following his passion and was in his passion, but you know, maybe a bit divided for quite a few years. And then now that he has started on his own again, he's like slowly merging into this, this beautiful being of presence um, and, and following his, his blissful journey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's all about now. I got to look after number one, right? Yeah. So and I think number one's doing pretty good right now. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Frankie. You bet. Also, part of it is uh, is uh, the van life, 
Like there, uh, what people don't realize is there's a lot of people living in their vehicles. You know, uh, a lot of them are doing it because they have to, because everything has gotten so expensive, and wages has has never kept up with uh, the rising cost of things. Right? Used to be one person could go to work, the other person stayed home, took care of things. You know, whichever way it was. Nowadays, it takes two people to keep a household going. So um, a lot of people do the van life thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've literally done it off and on since, uh, since the 70s, when I first had my uh, first van. Mm -hmm. uh, I spent, uh, I fixed it up, you know, bed inside the whole nine yards. And uh, there was a few times where I lived in it for three, four months at a time. So, yeah. yeah, so you're a van guy. Oh, yeah. I've always loved vans because they're so handy, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm traveling somewhere and I get tired, which happens quite easily now, I can pull over wherever I want, right? Yeah, a shopping mall, parking lot, or next to a <laughs> down by the river, right? Yeah. That old saying, right? Living in a van down by the river. And it's, it's handy. If I had something like a fifth wheel or whatever, yeah, not as easy, right? Yeah. So... It gives me the freedom to do. What's, what's it like on the relationship status? I don't really have a relationship status. All my, yeah, I don't have a relationship status right now. Mm -hmm. But uh, I was, uh, well, I did for about, what was it, three weeks. I uh, ended up, I had this little, uh, little dog, Shih Tzu. Mm -hmm. uh, but the lady who, who gave it up wanted the dog back so I ended up giving the dog back because she needed it more than I did <laughs> I need a travel companion you know uh, it's a, it's also actually something that helps with the positive part of life right yeah uh, having a pet you got to take care of it of course right but uh, they love you unconditionally they're always mm -hmm. happy to see you and when, what I'm doing right now I can spend 24 7 with a dog Right. Yeah. So unconditional love. That's that's nice. It is. Yep. Because I find most relationships, uh, I don't know, they go okay. I guess. Yeah. I've yeah. had a few relationships that ended up ugly. I've had a few where uh, I still talk to the to the girl that I was with. Right. So, but uh, yeah, nothing like that right now. Mm -hmm. I'm just enjoying being free. Too much, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, being a long haul driver, I mean, uh, relationships are hard to hard to uh, keep uh, positive. They're just hard to keep. Period, because you're away so much, right? So, yeah. So, yeah, and that lifestyle of being gone all the time in the truck—that's mm -hmm. that's your existence is all you know tied up in a. Totally. Eight, eight by eight square box. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, I don't know. See what happens down the road, right? Yeah. But uh, for now, yeah, I just got the van back. Uh, I was out on Vancouver Island, like I was, like I said, and I was going to the southern part of Vancouver Island when the uh, the Starting the van was getting difficult. It was making all kinds of noise. And I thought, well, the starter must be going. So when I was in uh, Victoria, B.C., 
I went to the Canadian Tire store, I shut the van off, and I thought, hmm, I wonder. Went to try and start it, and it locked right up. So I ended up buying a new starter and changing it at the parking lot in Canadian Tire. And when I pulled the starter out, the gear on the starter was fine. I thought, oh no. Right, so I took a flashlight and I looked inside, and the flywheel was just chewed all to pieces. <laughs> so I actually uh, literally did, uh, uh, I, I came back onto the mainland, stopped at my sister's place for a few days, then prayed like you wouldn't believe that it was going to start, come on, right? Mm -hmm. Because it would just crunch. It sounded like somebody was taking a bucket full of nuts and bolts and throwing it on the hood of the van. It was just a horrible racket, right? And uh, uh, I made it back. I actually, uh, when I left my sister's place, I shut it off once. And that was to see if I could maybe put a shim or something in the starter to get to mm -hmm. work better, but it didn't. So I ended up, uh, I think I slept in uh, Golden, B.C. overnight and left the van running. <laughs> so I was afraid to turn it off. And I had to fuel up the next morning. It was just like, okay, nobody's around. So, if you, you know, I didn't want anybody seeing or, or reporting me for fueling up my vehicle while it was still running, right? Because mm. uh, they have issues with that. But yeah, it was kind of interesting. So I had to come back here. And uh, it was an $800 shot in the arm to get that flywheel changed, yeah. which the guy that uh, did it, uh, he's really good. I have an excellent garage here, so mm -hmm. uh, I was quite pleased with the work he did. Where was that at? Uh, that would be uh, Greg's repair. He just moved into town from, uh, he was south of town here. Mm. And uh, yeah, he I get him to do any major work that I, that I don't do anymore. I used to have a garage, but I uh, I gave it up for, well, I put my stuff in storage because I gave it up for doing the traveling thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. That was kind of hard to do, though, giving that garage up. That was my, that was my man cave. Everything was in there. Yeah. You know, motorcycles, the van, you know, my RC trucks and all that kind of stuff. All your Everything toys. Was, yeah. Yeah, all my toys, yeah. yeah. So, but, Yeah. Kind of different. Mm -hmm. A lot better than what it used to be, that's for sure. Yeah. So. Freedom. Yeah. Okay. I know I got. Mm -hmm.